Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia. How are you doing today, babe? I'm doing well this morning. The story is pretty sad. Pretty yeah. sad story, but how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, mm-hmm. the story is very sad. It's um, a story about a entrepreneur couple in Atlanta that or had just moved to Atlanta that um, unfortunately were hit with a horrible murder-suicide, which, um, you know, these things have happened, and uh, it's um, tragic when it does, you know? Yeah, I mean, they had eight children between the two of them. Mm. I don't think they had children together, but, I mean, these are eight children with no parent at this point. Yeah, 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 it's kind of kind of terrible. You know, It's um, I hope we're not depressing anybody today. Um, it's kind of <laughs> a cheery Sunday morning. <laughs> I know, right? Right. Well, here we are messing up everybody's Sunday morning. But I think there's a lot of lessons to be picked up from this. And uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some of this story uh, to you guys. And I want to first of all say hello to uh, Not Playing and Sincere Jewel and Mafoon Benjamin. Love you all the way from Haiti. We love you too. True Fist of the North Star and Too Smooth. Too Smooth says stick to finance. Well. Well, you you stick to working at UPS or whatever you do for a living, and I and then we'll talk. Anyway, uh, I'm being silly. Uh, Elian Jones, uh, good morning to you. Clarity Jones, uh, wake up, Doc. I am wake. You know what we do? Pillow talk, literally on our pillows. So that's why I sound like I got that morning groggy voice. Everybody, put your B one in the chat. Uh, shout out what city you're from, and uh, and we're, I'm going to read some of this. Now, let me uh, give me a yes or no. Also, can you hear hear me now? I'm switching screens because I'm going to read some of this story to you. So we can get the backdrop of what happened here. And, you know, my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins, is a couples counselor, a relationship therapist. And so I thought this would be an interesting topic to kind of get her perspective on. So it says here, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, a husband and wife who had recently moved to Atlanta uh, to expand their businesses were found dead in an apparent murder-suicide earlier this month. Shortly before 9 p.m. on November 6th, Kiana Burns, 44, shot and killed her husband, 46-year-old Ronnell Burns, before turning the gun on herself, according to Sergeant Salvador Ortega with Sandy Springs Police. No one else was in the home at the time of the shootings. The couple founded For His Glory Ministries and Critique Designs Beauty and Barber Salon in their hometown of St. Louis. Before moving earlier this year, Kiana said in a Facebook video in October, Right now, my husband is at a retreat. I stayed back because we have children here. Uh, She said, however, I just hopped on here because you have to be prepared for life changes no matter what is taking place. I'm trying to encourage someone because things in your life can change for the good or the bad overnight, literally. And if you don't feel like you are a strong enough individual, some things may take you out. So it sounds like Kiana um, was crying for help uh, right before this whole thing happened. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on that, babe? But you and I watched that video this morning. We watched the entirety. I would have played some of it here, but for some reason I couldn't get the technology down to load the video in. But uh, what what were your thoughts when you kind of saw? Like, did you see anything like in her communication style or body language that that would have triggered anything? You know, any alerts internally for you, just as a therapist? Yeah, man. I think that. Um, well, first of all, she um, she wasn't very. Um, detailed about what exactly happened between them she said in the moment things can change good or bad just in the moment so 
I, I got the impression that maybe she found something out in a moment that was like devastating to her. Mm-hmm. And maybe she, at times she found out something that was really uplifting. So in a moment, it's almost like she found information that was troubling. Look at the look and look at her eyes in that photo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is pure sadness in her eyes. Yeah. Like, like, um, like frustration, like, I'm sick of this man. Like I've seen that looking. I've seen that looking. Has anybody given you that look before? Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the exhaustion. <laughs> like I'm look. done with you. This is it. This yeah, is like, like this is like I just can't take this no more. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's interesting that she went to Facebook for encouragement. Where's encouragement in her real life? Mm. That she didn't. So you feel like she went to Facebook because maybe in in her 3D life she didn't have. Three D life. She needed from other people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be, it would be interesting. She talked about not having a support system right there in Atlanta because they just moved, and she felt pretty. It sounded like she felt pretty isolated. Hmm. But if she went to Facebook, it seemed like she could call somebody, hmm. you know, and reach out to someone. And of course, definitely reach out to a professional. Instead, mm. it seemed like her only um, retreat was to go to her prayer room. Remember, she talked about her prayer room. Mm-hmm. She's going to go up there and talk to God and ask God for help. I mean, that's always helpful. But I wonder if um, if maybe she needed to talk to a professional clearly. Clearly, she needed to talk to a professional. Well, it looks like they've had some happier days. And, um, you know, it wasn't always this bad. No, it's know, never it's- always that bad. Like. On day one, at the first date, <laughs> you know, you're going to put your best foot forward. So, um, especially at the beginning, Interesting. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's that face, that second face. Well, I'm going to read more. Had, that's very interesting. Well, I'm going to read more. And by the way, if you just came in, you're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia. You can subscribe to go to BoyceandAliciaTV.com. Uh, feel free to do that. Um, Dr. Alicia is a uh, couples counselor and uh, I'm a professor of finance. And we realized that we have a lot of interesting conversations in bed laying against our pillow. So we said, why don't we just kind of bring other people in on the conversation? So uh, so this is kind of where Pillow Talk came from. So we're talking about uh, Kiana Burns and her husband, um, uh, her husband, Ronell. And uh, Kiana, uh, according to the police, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, it appears that Kiana shot Ronell and then killed herself. It also says, during the video, Burns said the move had been difficult for the couple and their children. The two have eight children between them. Burns indicated she was struggling with her mental health. Quote, like real talk, I have some very positive people on my timeline and they help me through gloomy days. Because, yes, I do have them, she said. Honestly, if I'm being totally and perfectly honest, I'm having one right now. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm going live is sometimes you got to reach out and tell people that you need love, you need support, you need care. You just need a hug. And honestly, you guys, I need that. I need that right now. Well, the mm-hmm. interesting thing is, like, you, you can't, first of all, I mean, it's interesting because you can't get a hug on Facebook, right? Like, you get you know, a, they call it a virtual hug. No, no, <laughs> but it a, don't a, feel a virtual, the same, yeah, a virtual right? hug's not a real hug. Mm-hmm. And I, I can relate to that. Like, you know, you need a hug. I remember that, um, People don't know this. I never talked about it, but I went on the tour uh, back in, I want to say 2016, where I went to a lot of cities and gave speeches and mm-hmm. a lot of people came out. And the thing is, this was pre-COVID. So you hugging and handshaking was not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would meet people and they would be excited to me. I signed their book 
and th- th- they would hug me. They were always people always want to give you a hug, and I would hug them back. Really, I got hugged every person that I saw because <laughs> I wanted the hugs. I needed the hugs. Were you being too much? And people were like, "Ooh, voice is being real huggy today." Well, you know what it was. <laughs> you know what it was. Um, I did not. I I missed affection. I missed physical oh. affection from other human beings because I because people don't know that that tour started because, um, I just ended a relationship. You know, and I and I miss I missed her. Miss cuddles. Yeah, I missed her, and I didn't want to run out on the road and start just getting involved in weird situations with women. But I did miss that affection. Of, like I liked the hug. Mm-hmm. So hugs have real therapeutic value, and people people would be like, "Oh my God, Doctor Boyce, I'm so excited to meet you," and I'd be like, "You have no idea. I need you too. I need all of like I really appreciated Aww. the love so much. So I think that like I wonder when she says sometimes you need a hug." I'm wondering where where did you go to get your hugs? I think everybody should have a hug supply, you yeah. know, and you should get high on your on your own supply, you know. Like and and, and I I believe, but I'm wondering like, did she have a church home that she oh, could go oh, to? And, and by the way, Boyce gets plenty of hugs, so y'all don't have to hug him now. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, you, you now get I'm your over. hug feels. Well, I still I still like my hugs from my people. I still like my hugs from my people, but I'm not hug star. You don't need it. Yeah, I'm not hug star. Extra. But you know what? What's um what's what's interesting too is. You know what I picked up on, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this as a therapist. Uh, the couple is like Kiana Burns and Ronnell. Kiana and Ronnell Burns. Um, you know, is uh, what was the other point? I was going, oh gosh. Um, you talk about oh, I know it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. both of them. I, I know. I think Ron. I think they ran a church, right? And I, I don't. And I guess she maybe. Something I'm guessing. Ministries. Yeah, I'm guessing perhaps he was a pastor and she was a first lady. And one of the things I have seen, and you, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, is that sometimes when you are always the spiritual leader, mm-hmm. or you know, you're always the person people go to for spiritual support, that there's not really anybody for you to go to when you're drained. Like you know mm-hmm. that you're like pastors are um, among the most depressed people out here because everybody's dumping their stuff on them. Yeah, and there's nobody for them to dump on. And I've even I actually would have a theory to say even therapists might feel that way too because you got to, you're constantly taking in everybody's mm-hmm. energy negativity and energy and not and I didn't realize like until like I got married to you I said oh I get it I think the therapist needs a therapist mm-hmm. and you know like um the, the way the same way they say insurance companies have insurance companies that insure their insurance <laughs> like you know therapists need a therapist what do you think yeah I mean you always everybody needs that nice support system that they can turn to someone that can be um, someone that they trust. You always need someone that you trust that you can turn to. And I got my group of people and do you, you have your group of people. Mm-hmm. Well, I have you, of course, you're my turn to person. Um, but you also need to have like your group that, you know, like I have my mom, I have you, I have close friends, you know, that I designated people that I can turn to when I'm really worried. I don't, I don't turn to Facebook and social media when I'm, uh, when I'm having an issue though, that's the thing. Like I turn to real people who know me and I know them and I know I can trust them where I can get real hugs from people. So I think that it, it just speaks to, um, all of those studies, those endless studies that come out that say, you know, heavy dependence and use of social media is directly related to mental health in a way where um, it's not a positive relationship. So the more you're on social media, the the more mental health issues um, you tend to have. So the less happy you are, <laughs> the more that you're on social media. And so that's always something to, for all of us, 
always something to um, think about. When you wake up in the morning, are you grabbing your phone? Is that the first thing you grab? Or are you turning to your partner who's mm. in bed with you? I sometimes I grab my phone. <laughs> but yeah, then I turn to my partner. Think about that though. Well, Why feel, would you do that? Well, I feel like I have the best of both worlds. I feel like I have, you know, yeah, but the well, first also, thing you also do? remember well saying the always the first first thing. But the thing is the first thing I do is I squeeze you. But the um <laughs> but you know, but in all seriousness so I, I I think that I've always found that the best of both worlds works like for me. I I I, I enjoy the people around me. But then also I enjoy the people I meet online because mm -hmm. because I'm a cerebral person, you know, I'm a thinker. So mm -hmm. um, I like to get to know your brain before I get to know anything else about you. And on social media, it doesn't matter how good somebody looks. If they stupid, you're going to see it because you're going to read their grammar or you'll see them, you know, hear something that they have to say. And you'll be like, that was a dumb idea. Or they'll tweet something. All you got is the tweet. And the tweet, it tells me if you're smart or you're not smart. I don't know. I think that things get lost in transla translation. Like sometimes you put like one thing, one post, and you could be coming from one direction and someone else will totally misinterpret it. Mm, you know, and you have true. really good people battling each other on social media. I think like, I think what, what, to me, what was great was being at the convention and just seeing actual mm. individuals Yeah, like that. There's no substitute for that, of course. Um, but of course, your um, your your click, your bubble, the mm. bubble of people who are in. The, I mean, there's definitely no substitute for that. Yeah, yeah that, that but, is so true. But real human beings, that's that's where it's at. No, I like human beings. Human beings. Jelly beans, pinto yep. beans. Yeah. By, by the way, like hit, hit the hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe button. And by the way, um, if you ever if you have any questions about your own relationship, you know, Alicia is uh, very qualified in the area and we'd love to give you our two cents on this. So feel free to uh, go to askdralicia.com. You can leave the mm -hmm. question there and we'll both answer it. Or um, you can or you can go on to um, coaching with Dr. Alicia and, you know, mm. go go to your pray, prayer room. But, you know, you can also turn to me, not even just me, but there's other people out there that can do it. Oh, yeah. That can help you. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But I do my best and I do I do work with um I've worked with um influential people, very prominent people in the in their communities where um they didn't have anyone to turn to but me, of course. Right. Yeah. So let me turn let me just mm -hmm. kinda move the conversation forward on, on one okay. thing, on one issue. So <laughs> she shot him and then killed herself. Yeah. And the first thing I remember I, I noticed people saying is, Oh, he must have cheated, he must have cheated. Um, and, and here's the problem you know I've been cheated on before and never and, and there was never it never would have been acceptable for me to shoot somebody and kill myself right like and I'm not going to do that I'm not going to prison because you decide to cheat I'm just not let me tell you, know? you something let mm -hmm. me tell you something what I ain't gonna <laughs> you ain't gonna get no drama out of me listen mm -hmm. if you want it to be over you don't have to kill me I will leave and it will it will be drama free it would be cordial. <laughs> right. There's right. no need to end it like this. Right. So, okay. so I, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. I think the best thought I would share, just this is Uncle Boyce talking, uh, not even Dr. Boyce. Uncle Boyce would say to anybody out here, if you're in a relationship that drives you to the point where you have to engage in any form of physical retaliation with another person, <clears throat> my best advice is that that uh, that movie Jordan Peele movie, get out, get out. <laughs> you need to get out, like walk out that door, pack your shit 
Don't ever turn back. Mm -hmm. Do not pass gold. Do not collect $200. Do not, (laughs) you you can even like not even come back to pick up your socks. Like literally, (laughs) like seriously, I, and I'm, and I'm serious about this because, because sometimes relationships uh, that'll drive, if if you're in a relationship that drives you crazy for whatever reason, I don't think we have to necessarily always assess blame because nobody knows exactly what was happening in this relationship, you know, but, but, you know, when you get to the point where you're in a bad relationship, it can drive you crazy. It can make you do things that are out of your character. And, you know, and then have you looking stupid. Next thing you know, police at your door. Your neighbors are looking at you crazy. Like, what's wrong with them? You it's are, embarrassing. Right? Yeah, it's embarrassing. You're up in court and you're like, damn, <laughs> I'm, an, you know, I'm an accountant. I'm not supposed to be. This is not my life. I don't know if anybody's ever felt that way. Where you're in a situation where you're like, this is not my life, you know. And and so I learned that I learned that lesson in my twenties when you know when I got I had a crazy relationship with a lady that was that liked to get kind of like batty about stuff, I I swore to myself I said if you ever get batty with me, I'm gonna turn around and walk out the door. So so because physical violence has no place in a relationship ever. Well, you know the mentality of some people is like if I can't have you, nobody else can have you, and then and yeah. then that, you know that'll drive them to do some really right. crazy Which, things. And, and again, I think if you identify that in yourself, take your ass to a therapist. You need you need psycho you need psychiatric. Well, I think it, I think this lady needed to be hospitalized. Clearly, mm-hmm. um, you know she she that look in her face that that picture with her eyes. She looked kind of a little starry right there in the eyes. And, and, and they also, I didn't, you didn't get to that part of the article, but they saw her when she was dancing with her daughters, right? Like days before Mm. she did that. And she was just dancing around and having a really good time on social media. You know, if anything, that is a signal. That's a signal that you have decided you're done with it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end it It, for myself. It did. Because usually, because what hurts is trying to figure out the pain, the pain you're going through. That's when you get hurt in tears and it doesn't make sense to you. But once you realize that you're going to end your life and once you mm. make that decision, it's just um, you become really happy. Wow. Believe it or not, people tend to be uh, very happy right before they um, kill themselves. And you would know that. But I, let me just say this. <laughs> uh, Alicia's not just saying this as a regular person. She's actually an expert on suicide. And uh, actually, if y'all remember 2017, when she and I went to go live in Guyana for um, a semester, she was brought to Guyana on a Fulbright uh, scholarship uh, as a faculty member to help them deal with their suicide problem. Mm-hmm. She, um, uh, Guyana's had, the guy, Guyana's had a suicide issue since Jim Jones, right? It, you know, um, if you ask them, they don't think that it's at all related um, to Jim Jones, uh, issue but they have one of the highest suicide rates i think in the world per per capita of course and it's not a coincidence that that 40 years ago 50 years ago jim jones took a bunch of people down to guyana and they all drank the poison kool-aid you know so it is interesting like do you think do you think there's a connection um probably on a subconscious level there's a connection but there's very real problems happening in guyana right now yeah Um, yeah. there's very real issues a lot of struggle um but yeah i mean so you get really excited and happy because it's the relief i've now solved my own problem i'm just i'm off of this world Mm. moving on i'm going on to be with god and i'm off of this world and and now i feel good yeah well you know i i think but but i would also say 
if she was dancing with her kids right before mm-hmm. the, the the question I asked, here's the question I asked myself, and nobody will know this in my view, uh, except Kiana and Ronell. Was it planned for you to pull out the gun, shoot him and shoot yourself? She like, was it, was it. it a premeditated murder suicide or was it something that happened in the moment? And if it happened in the moment, what drove that moment? So the only thing that in my view that could justify, mm-hmm. you know, her killing him and you know, whatever would be is if he was trying to really harm her, you know, and and that's why oh, you think it was self defense. Well, or I don't know. I don't think it was, if it was self defense. She well, wouldn't have killed well, that, herself. Well, that's the thing. I don't think it was anything because I don't know. But you do know he was on divorce court years ago. They did mention that we saw a part of it. By the way, <laughs> he was on divorce court and he did have an ex wife who did accuse him of abuse. Right. So now I'm not saying this is what happened here. Mm-hmm. But I am here to say that, you know, I, I, I listened to the testimony. I listened to her. I listened to her friend give the, you know, explain the situation. It's not out of the question. Right. So that to me, abuse, physical abuse, like him physically harming her in a way where she felt she couldn't get out. You know, I can see what that leads to somebody pulling a gun on somebody like like back mm-hmm. up, mother. Like, you know, you, you, you move. Yeah. Closer. But, you, you know, you can always call 911. You can always um, you can always escape. You can always shoot him. It just it seemed like there's something else there if she wanted to kill mm. herself. Like, maybe, yeah. I mean, she like definitely maybe she felt like was uh, I'm in trouble. My life is over now because I've done this. How like, am I going to face all these people? I have a ministry. I have, she had a hair hair salon. How am I going to face all these people knowing that I killed my husband and our, our marriage? It seemed like our marriage and our relationship isn't what all it was cracked up to be. Mm. maybe that, that's what was so do you on. think do you think that you know and i wonder i wonder if sometimes if they if, uh, if they felt like with these public couples you know you you've put out an image yeah. of your relationship and people will think that that relationship is perfect and then maybe when it's not perfect you know you end up feeling like will and jada you know <laughs> when they started kind of having to be honest about what was going on with them mm-hmm. and it's like you know and and i, I really even think even even if you look at you know, us, like we are a public couple, Alicia, you know, but we're not, that's hard for me to digest. Right. We are a public couple, but we're not a perfect couple. Right. And I no. think that, that, that is, wait, what picture did you snag? That's the picture from the all black national convention. Okay. All right. Is that okay? Can I share that picture? Right? Yeah. I'd like to see, here we go. I'd like you to show me what picture you're going to post. Be approved in advance. Yeah, it should be. Well, anyway, so so, but but you know, and I, judgment I, I personally, photos. I personally would like to declare just clearly, like we're not a perfect couple, and nobody is, you know. Mm-hmm. And it takes, you know, marriage and all that stuff. It takes a lot of work, and it's it's worth it, I think, if you think of it in terms of structure and legacy and possibility. Like I, I did explain that, you know, having a spouse makes it easier, a good spouse. That, mm-hmm. that is supportive and, you know, they can bring something to the table, whatever that is, emotional, physical, financial, whatever. It makes it easier to get things done. You really? Know? Do I make things easier to get things done? Yeah, things? yeah. Like whenever we're, whenever we're trying to get some, to con- accomplish something, it's like it's good. It is good to have a teammate, you know, so you um, but but you, I had to pick the right kind of teammate. Right. Oh, like okay. I always said, I want to marry a Delta, not an AKA. I, I but then again, I'm, I'm being I'm being silly. You're not Don't a Delta. Don't do that. You're Deltas a, are awesome. Well, you're not a Delta or an or an AK. But no, 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 no. But but the stereotype with that I gained when I was in college, just from the Deltas and AKs, I knew was the AKs I knew on my campus. Not speaking for all of them, of course. Yeah, don't do the that. The AKs I knew 
were the types where they would date you or marry you if they thought you had a lot of money or status. But if you lose your money and status, they're going to leave you and pick somebody better. The Deltas were the ones who would go to war with you. Like, those are the ones who would get, the, get down and dirty <laughs> in the trenches. So I always say, I'm not kidding. I used to say, I want to marry a, a Delta have type you ever, Have you ever not dated a, a Delta? You've never dated yes, a Delta? Yes, I have. I dated, I, I kid you not, in real life. Who? In real life. You I'm have to gonna, tell I'm me one day. I'm tell you who, wouldn't they? I mean, be well, super. tell me when we get off of here. But I did, I did, I dated a Delta a long time ago. And I did, and I have dated an AKA, and unfortunately, both of them actually fit the stereotype. But it does they not did really. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that AKs can't be wonderful. I mean, my sister's an AK. How, how dare I diss AKs? My yeah, sister, my sister, them. and my daughter are AKs. So shout out to the AKs. But seriously, like I wanted a teammate. That's the point. I wanted a partner. Like I, I like the the idea that I have like a tough black woman, not too tough, right? You're still soft and everything, but like tough enough where it's like, okay, how are we going to solve this together? How are we going to figure this out? And also I'm a tough man. So if it, if it comes down to something like, okay, I got to get to work at nine, but the kids have to be dropped off at eight 30, you know, or whatever. And, and so-and-so needs to get to dance class. I'll be like, okay, let me get that done for you. You know? And I think that when you compare that to trying to solve those problems as a single parent, it becomes like the single parent equation is a hard equation to solve. It's like the unsolvable math have, problem. You have to have supports. I mean, I know a lot of um, single parents who have a lot of people who who, gal- who come around them and say, here, I'm going to support you here. You have the mom, you have cousins, you have the dad, you have all these people who um, who support them. Yeah, sometimes, too. sometimes. But sometimes, I'm just telling you But sometimes you have nothing. Or sometimes you just broke. I know. Sometimes you got nothing and you got a husband sitting right there. Right. <laughs> and, that, but that, and that's what I mean. That's why I say it. So it's a but, but, but that's the condition. As long, your partner has to be able to actually help you. It has to be somebody to elevate you, right? Yeah. Something that's very important. Um, but anyway, okay, so so here's the thing, right? So with this uh, couple, and by the way, everybody who just came in, um, we this is Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. We were talking today. We began the conversation talking about Ronell and uh, Kiana uh, what's their last name again? Wait, we have the Burns. That. Burns, the mm-hmm. Burns couple, the Burns family, and uh, Kiana apparently had a murder suicide situation with her husband Ronell, where Ronell and Kiana are both dead. R.I.P. to both of them. Um, it ended sadly, um, and I really feel bad for their two, their eight children. Eight. They have children. eight children. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I, I, I really, you know, I, I put it this way. I'd never understood. I had a friend who had had a murder suicide situation. Her husband killed her and killed herself. Mm-hmm. And I did not understand the mindset of a person who could do something like that when they have children. Mm-hmm. You know, when the children are going to be the ones that have to pick up the pieces and spend and live their life just kind of knowing this is how things ended with my parents. And it makes me really want to appeal to anybody going through a tough situation to say, look, there's help out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a solution out there. It doesn't have to be the ultimate solution of death, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's, I almost feel like awareness. You know, if you find yourself getting to that dark of a place where you really feel like it makes sense to pull out a gun and shoot somebody, like just maybe at least get a second opinion, because clearly your diagnosis of the situation is not the right one. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking clearly, clear. You know, obviously, and. um you know, to again to turn to Facebook, you can turn to the crisis hotline. <laughs> you know, I don't. Maybe we need to look up the crisis hotline number and pass that out. Like, turn to like a real person, a professional individual who's trained 
you know, that can help you talk through it. I think that people who make those decisions, they feel like they don't have any other choice, Mm. you know, because they're going through so much pain. It's a lot of pain and they'll do anything to relieve that pain. And so sometimes, you know, I, I don't see any way out, but to for me to be out. Well, you know, I also think this and now I'm not saying this is what was going on with the Burns family at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I warn young people about the dangers of alcohol and drugs because we it don't have any me, evidence of that. Right. No evidence in this case at all. None at all. So this is almost like a separate issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but seriously. You know, if you are uh, in a relationship, you know, be very careful about trying to deal with somebody who uses alcohol and drugs a lot because it just messes their brain up. You know, a lot of us have relatives. I have relatives that that, you know, well, you don't even know if you're talking to them, if you're talking to a high version of them, if they're high at the time. They're in an altered state. Right. And they just say they say crazy shit. And you're like, what? Wait, I'm trying to be logical with you. I don't think a person on drugs can, can be logical. You know, and then if y'all both on drugs, you ain't gonna have a logical outcome. You going? Oh, it's a mess. It's gonna be a complete mess, right? So I, I mean, look at Whitney and Bobby. Oh, that was it. Crazy. Was all recorded, like that was crazy. And I couldn't, I could not look away. So I, I hate that it's good TV, because look how tragically, you know, Whitney Houston ended, and his and her daughter. You know, look how tragic that situation was. Whitney died and, from drugs. Um, and her, her daughter, the daughter and, died from drugs. That boy, Nate, Nick, what's his face, died from drugs. Nick who? Nick, the um, Bobby Christine's boyfriend. Oh, gosh, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's what the hell? Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of like, when you look at what drugs did to the black community, I just kind of think that we have to really assess our relationship with with alcohol and drugs. Like, why is it still acceptable on any planet? Like, after, after you don't see how much tragedy do you have to see how many people do you have to lose how much chaos has to occur in our community before we take a step back and say you know we ain't messing with that stuff you know the white man put that stuff in our community to make us unstable to make sure our families could not stay together and that was clearly an unstable situation for them both yeah and then you got you know now you got rappers promoting drug use and you know and it just it makes me angry you know but i'm not mm-hmm. gonna shake my fist at the air but it well, but shake it, your fist at the air <laughs> well well you know it just bothers me mm-hmm. because when you when somebody gets you on drugs at an early age they are ruining your life when they get you popping mollies and using coke and heroin and all that at an early age a lot of people are done for like they can't come back from that so you're destroying your youth you're destroying the community you're killing their babies, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and like DMX, you know, poor DMX started using drugs as a teenager and he died as a very sad 50 year old man who did not live even a fraction of the potential he could have lived. So I'm not a fan of the drugs. So I would just say anybody, mm-hmm. uh, if you are, if you know, whatever, if you listen to anything I say, don't mess with drugs and alcohol in general. And then if you are a person who doesn't mess with drugs and alcohol, do not have a relationship with a person who has a problem with drugs and alcohol because it's not going to lead. It's not a fun engagement yeah, at but, all. Um, I do think that um, I'm going to give something because <laughs> you're making absolutes here. And um, I think there's a lot of gray area. I think that even if you are um, with somebody who's struggling with drugs and alcohol, you know, having a real supportive spouse and having somebody there that can support you and help you through it. Can I can can really help you in recovery? That's true. 
Yeah, I think that it's it's not a it doesn't have to be a deal breaker if you're running across that. If you see somebody who's really willing and they are they're able to see that they have an issue, you know, you can support them in ways that are that are very helpful. They can get some help. Well, um, I'll say I'll say this and be, and be a whole person again. Here's how understanding I would be if I if I met you and you were say on drugs, I would be <laughs> understanding enough to say, "Are you going to go to rehab? I will pay for the rehab." And if you give me any resistance whatsoever, I'm going to love you from a distance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're not willing to work on yourself, then I'm not going to I'm not going to let you drag me through the mud with your mm-hmm. drug addicted ass. But it's like that for every sort of addiction that people have. It's not just drug addiction. People have other types of addictions. You know, mm. and you, you support them and work through, work with them on some of their yeah, addictions. Yeah, but some addictions are worse than others. That's think, true. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I have a sugar addiction. I like my Twizzlers. And that's not a good thing, but yeah, because we were in the middle of the night last night. Right, I might, I might might make a store run in the middle of the night to get some Twizzlers, but I'm not gonna like punch you in the face because I'm on a Twizzler binge. Yeah, so some of the consequences are worse than others. So you're right, and I for sure wouldn't want any of my children syncing up with somebody with um with severe uh, substance abuse issues yeah but the thing is is that are you using that sugar to cope with something going on with you and not you boys but i'm saying is mm-hmm. a person oh absolutely using their addiction absolutely. to cope with some difficult times that they've had and they don't like what other coping oh that is so true after i have a hard day at work i'll be like where the twist is at Show me the Twizzlers. Take me to the candy, the candy shop. You no, know, I thought you were going to say, take me to the king. <laughs> take me to the candy. Take me to the king. Well, actually, speaking on this, that's really interesting is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people don't talk about it much, but even for some people, religion is an addiction. Like, that's a coping mechanism to deal with. I don't know if it's an addiction, but addiction. it can be a coping mechanism. No, but I mean, well, I remember one time, let me tell you, I remember one time I met, <laughs> I met a lady at Arby's. She was an Arby's worker, and she told me that she had she used to be on heroin. And she said, but I got away from heroin. I said, how'd you get away from heroin? She said, because I found Jesus Christ. Okay. And every other sentence in, out of her mouth was, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I, I, so I found, I found, so I found Jesus. Praise the Lord, and I go to church every every Sunday. Praise the Lord, and yeah. then when I go to like, so I was listening to her speech pattern. And I said, okay, she just found a new drug. She she on the crack pipe of Jesus right now. Not okay, that go, not that going to church. Not, not that going to church is bad. It's not uh-huh. that it's bad. But for some people, like they need that. It holds helps to hold them together. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't think. Well, to me, again, some addictions <laughs> are worse than others, right? So I don't know people who go to church, you know, three times a week who are gonna like get on the drug binge and kill you, right? So you're right. If you have a harmless addiction, then I'm rooting for you. Whatever it takes for you to get through the day, God bless you. <laughs> But but I think when you talk about those hard drugs, the alcohol and all that stuff, that's something that makes you crazy. Yeah, you're right. And it's awful for your body, too. That's what it does to your body and what sugar does to your body. It's well, pretty bad, too. <laughs> it, it is. It is an addiction. It ain't crack, but it is bad. Yeah. So I'm I'm sitting here thinking about the Burns family. And I think that um, somebody needs to be paying attention to those children. Mm. And um, because the one of the biggest predictor of um, of a suicide is if your mama committed suicide. Oh, so I really think we need oh, to start. Oh no! I, I is, remember you telling me that. That's yeah, terrible. It's a genetic. It's genetic. Part of it is genetic, um, and and part of it is um, is really paying attention to what were things like between her and her kids, and probably that's all 
everybody, hopefully this family knows enough to know oh. that these, all of these children need help. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is, um, that is that I didn't, I didn't think about that, but you're right. You know, yeah. I remember you telling me suicide was largely genetic mm-hmm. and it's, it can um, be. they did that study with those Amish families. And they're mm-hmm. wondering, like, okay, why are all the, you know, you do a um, genogram, where right. you put all the families together in, in a little format, genogram format. And they're like, well, wait, this person commits suicide? This person's suicide? It was like, it just ran through their family. And they did find a gene. There is a suicide gene. Did so, you know that? So there's a gene. Yeah, there's a gene. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So when, I used to I used to have, like, the actual gene memorized, but I don't have it memorized. Can you get tested for the gene? Um, I don't know. I suppose you could. Someone could could look and see if you have the gene. But just because you have the gene doesn't mean that, that that's going to happen to you. It doesn't have to be expressed in you. Mm, okay, yeah. so something that can activate the gene. Yeah, so something needs to activate okay. it. So it's okay. not the end of the world for you because you have this gene. You just need to just be, you just need to be aware of it. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. so by the way, everybody, uh, we are having a very sad pillow talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia today. Um, it has to do with the unfortunate passing of Ronell and Kiana Burns. Uh, Kiana and Ronell had just moved to Atlanta and uh, apparently they were having some relationship problems. And next thing you know, uh, they both end up dead with Kiana shot Ronell and then shot herself. And, um, and there's a lot of questions. Nobody knows the answers to all the questions. We do know that they had eight children and, um, there's an image there of Ronell with his kids. Uh, they blurred the, the face of the kids out for obvious reasons. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's a concern. So by the way, do us a favor, everybody, please hit the thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe button. If you haven't done it yet. Also, my life doc, my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins, is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work, and uh, she actually sees couples. And so, if you want to know what she does, or you want to follow her on Instagram, you can go to Coaching with Dr. Alicia uh, on Instagram or Coaching with Dr. to learn more about um, the work that she does. Um, so, let me just read a little bit about uh, Ronell and. Kiana, I think that maybe just memorializing them in, in an appropriate way might be the best way to go. Uh, and so they said, who is Ronell Burns? This is from thesun.com. They said he's the leader and coach at Six Figure Ambition, an online program for entrepreneurs. He has 7,000 followers on Instagram and his bio reads, you don't have to be, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. He has a YouTube account with nearly 2,000 subscribers where he posts educational videos Ronell speaks at many business events and sheds inspiration and education on his Atlanta-based community. Who is Kiana Burns? Kiana Burns is an insurance agent and owner of Critique Designs Beauty and Barber. She has almost 14,000 followers on Instagram, and most of her posts are about family. She also posts inspirational quotes and preaches motivation to her followers. Uh, let's see. Do they have children? The couple have three children. Well, they said they they said eight. Well, I think they have other children okay. from other people. Maybe they have three together. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Kiana no. posted Instagram August 9th, 2021. She wrote my baby's, uh, first day of school in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm excited. Like it's my first day. Um, oh. and they have the names of the kids in the article. I'm not going to read the names of the kids. Wait, it's a seventh grader and a 10th grader. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to say their names. You don't have to say their names, but gosh, what I mean, those are the years when you really need your mother. Yeah, that's a horrible time to terrible. But it's never a good time to lose your mom, right, yeah. or your father, right? That's never a good time. But I mean, I agree. Jeez, Sometimes are worse girls than others. Are. Mm. 
Yeah, and you know, and I I, I will say this too. Um, you know, it, um, and I'm, I'll jump out on a limb on this and say, you know, a lot of a, a lot of people get out here and they want to be social media influencers and stuff, and I and I understand it. You know, I, I have a lot of followers online and everything myself, and and you know, people know us, you know, as a couple and everything. But I encourage everybody that's doing this kind of thing, like, don't take it too seriously. Like, yeah. you know, you get to the point where your shit's falling apart. Your life is kind of in a complete mess. You got to close ranks and focus on that, you know. And um, and I think sometimes when you get out there and you get seen at a certain light, you feel like you always have to be the one holding it together for everybody else. But there's mm-hmm. times, like, you've got to have your space where you can just go and connect with the things that matter in your life. You know, like, even myself, you know, I mean, you know, I, I have two YouTube channels with... 300,000 or more subscribers, right? And so that's a lot of people. I meet a lot of people. There's a lot of energy passing around me all the time. And there's times where I I have to go into a vacuum chamber. Mm -hmm. I have to literally go in my room, turn the lights out, shut the door, turn off my phone, and I'm not connected with nothing and nobody. Because I got to recenter myself in the middle of the chaos and not get too carried away. And I'm not going to go down because I'm trying to hold up a, a facade for nobody. You know, and I think that that's so that balance, whatever you're doing is real important. I see a lot of people out here that want to be influencers and want to build followings and all that. Hmm. That stuff don't mean shit at the end of the day compared to your your well-being and your life and your, your peace. Yeah. What you're saying is so important. And the reason why what you're saying is so important is because why would he get on divorce court? That tells you, like, if you're going through a divorce and you get on the show Divorce Court, Mm -hmm. that tells me that there's something that isn't right in terms of, like, your decision making. You know, you want, like, if you want to be an influencer in that way, it's like the goal. Like, your goal is not to be an influencer. Your goal is to put out this message. And then, therefore, you are an influencer. But for to be, to put your marriage on Divorce Court, like, that is, that is something, like, like the people who do that, I just wonder about what are you really trying to get? What's your goal? Well, you know, it reminds me of that show that you love marriage at first sight where Why would you get on that show? It's, right. it's a great show, by the way. And 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 but, I think I think and you're right, Ronnell was on divorce court a few years ago. And I think it is important to understand, you know, a lot of times people get on shows like that to get attention. Your you know? personality, I just wonder there's something in, in his personality where he just like I need to have this see me. Yeah, see me sort of image. Well, you do wonder about that, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's it, it would not be like necessarily fair for us to speculate on him, mm-hmm. you know, after he's he just passed. But you have, but but keep it one hundred and honest. Um, I think that that divorce court appearance, everything, everything sends a signal, right? Mm-hmm. Every action we we commit to says something about what's going on internally, and so. Um, I think one, just the decision to go on a show like that does say something about the fact that you, for whatever reason, wanted your divorce to be public for whatever reason, because you could easily not be on divorce court. Um, and then two, we watched that show. We watched that. We watched Judge Tolliver, you know, kind of talk. Toller. Judge, Judge Toller. <laughs> yeah. Tolliver. Wait, I said any, Toller, Toller. wait, anybody. I don't know if you've seen the meme. Yeah. Okay, I know you don't want to talk about the meme. No, Judge Toller. Period. Judge Toller. I had period. to say it anyway. Yeah. So shout out to Judge Toller. But mm-hmm. Judge Toller was, you know, talking to Ronell and his ex-wife. Yeah. And there was an allegation of abuse in that conversation, and a lot of just chaos. 
you know, of chaos. Yeah. The mama come in and she she's dramatically leaving the house, um, not was, even telling him that she was leaving. Moved all the kids. And they were clothes. trying to they were trying to take the drapes. Yeah, no one takes the. They drapes tried to move out house. when he wasn't home and took the drapes. Yeah, and he, that. And he said, "Who takes the drapes?" Yeah, no one. <laughs> not supposed to take the drapes, but it just it just that that mentality. That's not quite. Mm. Not, not quite. It's it's very chaotic. So his household with the first wife for sure was very chaotic. Well, now mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm seeing some comments in the chat mm-hmm. where people are making <clears throat> are uh, allegations about him. Um, you know, uh, about infidelity, but mm-hmm. uh, but that special Atlanta version of infidelity, that DL type stuff. I'm not gonna even address oh, that. That is well, interesting. I can't read what's in the chat. If that's that out there, that's out there. But I'm but I'm not one day. I'm not gonna talk about something I don't know. Nothing. Like I don't. Well, we're just you talked about drugs. We know drugs now. Well, all had nothing well, to do with it. We're just well, we're just ex, we're just entertaining all ex, explanations. You well, know it, that could be an explanation. Well, we don't I mean, know. It, it is Atlanta. You know, okay. Well, you know, let me tell you, let me tell you a really crazy story about Atlanta. Yeah, tell me a crazy story about Atlanta. I want to hear. Right. It. My friend went to Clark Atlanta, and she told me she had a friend who was um, sleeping with some guy, and she had an infection in her in her you know her Yahoo STD. She had an yeah. STD. Okay. So she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, um, "You have feces in your uh, vagina." <laughs> and apparently it was because her boyfriend was sleeping with a guy and then going over to her house, going to her dorm. And, oh, that's so gross. Yeah. And so she, so. So, so it was unprotected. It wasn't, it wasn't like they were using any protection at all. Yeah. So I think at the very least, it kind of says protection is kind of required anywhere, really, you mm-hmm. know, but Atlanta does have a reputation for kind of having a lot of stuff going on. Now, at the same time, that does not mean that this is what he was doing. Yeah, and we don't right? know if he was doing drugs right, and, and alcohol. Right, and we, we, no, well, the drugs and you alcohol know. part, I brought that up and it made it clear that there's no evidence to say right. this is true in this case. I was throwing mm-hmm. it out there as a, if this ever happens. Yeah, <clears> so we're it, throwing this out there. Like, if, well, how, so if what, this if this ever happens, happens what? We're throwing it out there. Use use protection, right? Well, I think you should always use protection. But then again, if I guess you get married and stuff, you don't, you know. So yeah, yeah I guess you get married, you don't have to use protection. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, you know, gotta trust the person you're with. Though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff out here in this world. Oof. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I would say at the end of the day, I think you know this this whole scenario. I think that him going on divorce court, I think being on a show like that doesn't make you look good. It makes everybody look crazy. Mm-hmm. And the story was crazy. It was, you know, you know, she was flirting with him, I guess, while he was in a relationship. Then they ended up getting together. And then chaos started happening. She's accusing him of credit, you know, like using her credit. And he, also, he was accusing her of cheating, right? And he accused her of cheating. And then and, she said that he, she said that he um, wouldn't let her leave the house or something. So maybe some domestic violence. Possibly, possibly. And his her mother was all up in the whole situation. And this is just trauma. This, this is chaos. Like this is, is this is traumatic chaos that and I don't know. I, I know white people have their issues too, but these are also things that don't seem natural to me. Like no. I don't think it's natural for the mother to be in there fighting with her daughter's husband like that. You know, like I feel like in a more traditional family, it would be like man to man. Like the father of the daughter would be the one confronting the husband, saying, "Why did you do this to my daughter? Yeah. If you you put your hands on my daughter, that's not that's not cool. We're going we got a problem now. 
you know, like like the idea that the mothers are having to take a aggressive masculine stance to protect their daughters. I don't know if it's a masculine. I'm not certain if it's masculine to protect your daughter as a mother, because moms, even in nature, are always known to protect their children. That's true. everybody protects their children. Good point. But you're right. You are right in that. Like, dang. Her mom called in the forces and they teamed up and went over there, caravan over there to mm. rescue her daughter. Sure that was so dramatic. What? And then and then wait, it's so key. As soon as they get there, they'll be like, It's okay, we're back together now. That's why you don't get caught uh, up into people's <clears throat> marital mess. I, I hate that shit. <laughs> if you if I go to battle for you, I'm gonna do it one time. If you if you get back together next time, you're going to battle by yourself. But I do think it's oh. funny. I do think it's funny how women will form those caravan rescue missions. And- <laughs> Show up in armored vehicles, ready to just take everything that. But do you know? Do you know that actually? Study a study showed that um, that actually even with like like rats in the lab, that the grandmothers fight harder to protect the babies than the mothers do, because literally they said in biology the mother is like, if you're you know if somebody's taking the like let's say the the re, the experimenter tries to take the baby the baby out of the cage. The mothers will fight a little, but not as hard as the grandmothers, because they said the mothers are like, well, we can, I can just have another baby. Like, they don't think this consciously, but because they, they can reproduce, uh-huh. they can just replace the child. The, ah. gra- the grandmother can't. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's what they, they So they said the grandmothers were the ones who fought harder than the mothers to protect the babies. Look at that. Yeah. So that's what happened. <laughs> they protecting their baby. Grandma being there, with grandma it, like like locked and loaded, <laughs> looking like Cal Rittenhouse, ready to take everybody out. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, it's funny, but it's no joke. It's, it's no joke. But you know what? It's, it's sad, right? And I think, yeah. but I think it's a Sunday morning, and it's okay for us to laugh. Mm-hmm. I hope it's okay for us to laugh. Uh, uh, um, let 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 me it's know. It's no joke. It matter what what we're talking about. Yeah, um, I think it's okay for us to laugh. You know mm-hmm. because. As much as we have a sympathy and, and heart that goes out to this couple, I want everybody to have a good Sunday morning. I don't want to uh, mess up your day and bring you down. And I want to encourage you to just make good choices. You know, remember that when you're having struggles in relationships, the best advice I would give anybody is when you're going through it, get some help. You know, get some help. There are people out there that have answers to your situation. There are people that have mm-hmm. ideas that can help you figure it out. Don't try to feel like you got to do it all by yourself. I think that's mm. the biggest thing. You know, get help, read a book, watch YouTube videos, talk to a therapist. There's all these black therapists out here. Black therapists should be the most popular people on Instagram. We should be, but yes. we're not. Right, they're not. They're not right. People will listen to you'll, you'll, oh the, people God. will get their relationship advice from people who are clearly mentally ill. Yes. Right. Literally, like and think about it. You're attracted to for the same reason you're attracted to the food that's gonna kill you the fastest. Yeah. You're attracted to uh, unhealthy, mentally unhealthy people online, mm-hmm. the same way you love to eat Popeye's chicken when you know your chubby ass need to be down at the health food store. So the black right? the black love channel needs to be the most popular channel well, out it, there. You know what? But it, it's not. Maybe maybe <laughs> our channel doesn't need. I mean, you know, it, it's. I mean, we do have the black love channel, right? There's a URL, but you don't even have to come to us. Like, get just get There's some, a bunch of people. Get yeah. your spiritual food from a healthy source. Just mm-hmm. like you, know, you should get your physical food from a healthy source. You should get your spiritual food from a healthy source. You should get your advice from a healthy source. And not, don't get advice from someone who's going to take your story and exploit it or, for, for views. Or people that are just going to trash talk you. Or maybe you people know? that are, you know, or just don't be careful about people that would just tell you what you want to hear. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like unhealthy food. I compare it to unhealthy food because when they give you unhealthy food with toxins in it and all sorts of stuff, 
what they're doing is they're giving you something that you want to taste. They're like, we're going to make it taste exactly the way you want, even if we got to put lead poison in this shit, right? So there's a price that's going to have to be paid because you're taking in unhealthy food. Well, the same thing is true when you get your advice. There are people out here online that are very popular who will will give you so-called advice that is exactly what you want to hear. And you keep coming back because you're like, thank you for validating all my mental never, illness. Never challenging you, never. Yeah, or... um. I don't know, validating your mental illness, but just or validating not, your dysfunction, not putting up, putting up a proper mirror to you in what you're doing in a way that's compassionate. Mm. You, you do need to have compassion for, um, for I have compassion for all my clients. I have compassion for everybody who's struggling and who's suffering. And, um, and, and that's who you need to turn to someone that, that can also, you know, hold you accountable, but have compassion and understanding for you. Yeah. Or just yeah. somebody that's just going to help you. Yeah. That's yeah. So maybe they're going to, maybe it'll challenge you. Like, I think, I, I really just think at the end of the day, it's like you have to be stretched to grow in a positive mm-hmm. way. Like, if you're not being stretched to grow, like if somebody, mm-hmm. like, for example, if I complain about women and I talk to another man and I say, man, my wife is driving me crazy. This is really bothering me. And all he does is he says, yeah, those women ain't shit. Yeah, you're right. They, they, they all messed up. That doesn't help me. That does not help me at all. But a good man is a guy who says, yeah, I totally get your frustration. I understand. But here's some things that you can try. Here's some, you know, maybe there's some issues that you can work through that are going to make you better. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's always it always takes two to tangle. You you ain't never tangling by yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you are the most consistent member of every relationship you ever have. So everything, damn near everything traces back to you, including who you choose to let into your life. Of course. So do you have any final thoughts babe, before we bounce out? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we ended with a great final thought. The final thought is um, have a support system there for you. And if um, sometimes you need professional help. And so if you are someone's support system and you see that they're kind of, it's not, it's kind of, there's some deep seated mental health issues, you know, it is important to get help. I mean, there's help out there. And it's, what's so interesting is that treatment is about 95% effective. Like mm. if you can get good treatment and you can seek good help, it actually works. <laughs> it can work for you. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I yeah. did I didn't start really getting involved with therapeutic stuff until you and I started dating. Mm-hmm. And it's really helped me a lot in terms of understanding things and just just what it is is it gave me like a new extra Swiss Army knife of <laughs> tools that can be used, you know, in a lot of situations, you know. And because uh, we have, we're constantly managing relationships. We're managing relationships with ourselves. We're managing our romantic relationships, our friendships, our family members. Um, you know, for me being public, I have to manage my relationship with all the people that come into my space. You know, and it's you know, so that's where things like tools, like you know, shaping proper boundaries, the ability to repair, empathy. You know, the four horsemen. You know, criticism, contempt, uh, defensiveness, stonewalling, like just knowing all these little tips like that you have taught me that I've learned from you you and other people in in your space. They're beneficial tips. Sometimes I'll be like, sometimes I don't want to use it, but at least I know (laughs) sometimes but at least I know it's available. Why would you not want to use it? Sometimes I don't feel like doing it. For the same reason you might sit down and eat Popeye's chicken knowing that you should be eating at the health food store. Sometimes you just want some damn chicken. Okay, so I think... (laughs) Now we're getting off into a whole nother conversation. But in those moments, you can make, you know, just tune into how you're feeling in those moments that you're making mistakes, errors, 
Mm. Like, I'm going to consciously make this mistake or am I going to try to figure out what's really happening with me right now? Mm, what am I point. thinking about? How am I feeling? That's when you need to tune into yourself. Mm. Tune into yourself. Tune into yourself there we before go. you make those mistakes. There we go. Yeah, so so tune into yourself. Yeah. yeah that would be a great... Those are moments you can grow, That's boys. a great point to move on to. So, <laughs> all right. Self-love. It's self-love. I think self-love is yeah. important, too. So everybody type self-love in the chat. If you love yourself, and you want to love yourself more, and you're committed to walking out of here, uh, loving yourself more, loving yourself by loving others better. Type the word self love in the chat. Put so everybody type self love in the chat so we can walk out of here with with a good uh, a good energy. So self love that that's our phrase for today. Self love means working on yourself so you can be better for other people and for yourself. There we go. It all starts with self. All right, everybody. So hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, if you want to learn more about what Alicia does, uh, she does see couples. And she's a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work and also a Fulbright scholar. So I'm super proud yeah, of you. I'm a Fulbright scholar. Yes, you're just a badass black up. woman. Uh, feel free to go check her out. Uh, her website is coachingwithdralicia.com. And also, you can follow her on Instagram at Coaching with Dr. Alicia. And of course, uh, you guys know me. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And uh, if you could hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button before you, you head out and out of here, well, I really appreciate that. And uh, we love you. Have a great day. And we will see you soon. Take care. Bye, everybody.